Always two there are. A master. And an apprentice. One to embody power. And one to crave it. I am the master, Daniel. And I'm the apprentice, Jake. And welcome to the first episode of Master and Apprentice, where we're going to be talking about our favorite movie in the whole world, The Phantom Menace. Okay. Okay. Uh, Already Jake, telling lies, huh? Before you rewatched it for this podcast, when was the first, the last time you watched it all the way through? Um, probably about a month ago. A month ago? That was the last time I Mine watched it. Mine was about three months ago, so. Okay, okay, so we, it was pretty fresh on our minds. So were you excited going into this? Not um, not for the podcast, but for the fact that oh, you're rewatching right. The Phantom Menace. You know, there's a... No, but <laughs> it's, like, I, I do like the movie. Yeah. Uh, there is some good parts about it. But I never really make it to the end. It, okay. Normally, normally, you know, I'll just like watch to the pod racing and then I'll just give up on it. So I'll let you in on a little secret. I uh, the day I watched this, it was one of the days where I didn't have to go into work till late, so I had plenty of time during the day. Yeah. And so I start watching the movie about three hours before I got to leave, right? Because I figured that'll give me some time. I fell asleep uh, right after the pod race. <laughs> yep. And I woke up and had to leave for work in about thirty minutes. So I went to work, came back from work at late at night, and finished it. Okay. I don't want to say it's because the movie's bad. Oh, no. But I will say I slept seven hours the night before, so I don't know. Uh, as much as I love Star Wars, and as much as I, 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 there's things to love in this movie, it's definitely the one I love the least. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel that. Uh, it took me about three hours to watch this. Yeah. You know, I kept pausing it, trying to get... The two-hour ten movie. Through it, and then I took a fairly long break, watched an episode of Clone Wars, and came back. Yeah, that'll help. So, it was definitely an interesting experience coming back to it, trying to analyze the movie, which kind of hurt it a little bit more. Yeah, but... We'll, we'll see. I mean, we're, we're going to go ahead and get into it, so... Uh, let's just start from the beginning. Obviously, it's the first Star Wars movie in years. Everyone's really excited, and we open up the crawl... With trade talk and yeah. blockades, and we're cutting off trade to Naboo. Uh, one thing I noticed in the crawl, they said Naboo's a small planet. That's very interesting. Because when we're on the planet, it looks huge. Like, there's cities, there's fields. There's an entire underwater city in what looks like yeah. a lake to me. Yeah, one one little fishing pond has an entire... Yeah. There's giant monsters under there, I mean... Monsters that could not survive on our planet, I, uh, so... So that threw me off the small planet. Okay, okay. But, I was, you know, watching this now, I understand the politics. But Star Wars is predominantly a children's franchise. Why the hell was this movie <laughs> that deep in politics? Yeah, it's it's almost like George Lucas didn't really know what he wanted to do as far as did he need to cater to the adults or did yeah. he need to cater to the kids because he did both terribly. yeah. Listen, kids understand basic politics. Right, but... You just gotta frame it in a way... Just basically... I mean, obviously don't say it this dumb. But just say, like, hey, these guys are bad, and they're not letting these guys get goods. That's all you had to say. Right. And you can you can say words like blockade and yeah, stuff like I mean, that, but... Yeah, I mean, cater to the adults, a, too, but you, you gotta a, make sure the kids understand. Right. You don't need a whole trade federation talking about... Because until, until about five, six years ago, I had no idea what this movie was about. I'm like... <laughs> Listen, they fight Darth Maul and Anakin races. That's what I knew about the movie. Yeah, I, I forgot there was a war at the end. Yeah, there, I mean, a war. 
Right, the Clone Wars will begin. This is like 15 years before the Clone Wars. I don't know why we're starting here. I think it's just to show how Anakin was right. found. Uh, but I probably wouldn't have started here. Me neither. And I, more talking about the, the trade stuff, you know, it's not very interesting, but it is interesting that it says, you know, the, uh, the Federation, they say that, as you know, the blockade's completely legal. What? So, so you're telling me the Senate... Made it where blockades <laughs> are completely legal to do. Apparently, the Trade Federation just rules all trade, and they're like, listen, no. Right. Like, does the Trade Federation own the space that is around Naboo? Apparently. Okay. They own all the space lands. Okay, the, okay. That would except make maybe on the Outer Rim, because apparently right. they can't touch Tatooine. Exactly. Right? They have no, no presence there. But anyway, you know, so... Or blo- there's a blockade in act. Mm. The Republic is like, we're going to send some ambassadors to try and uh, negotiate this. And they end up sending two Jedi, uh, one of them being Qui-Gon Jinn and the other his apprentice Obi-Wan. They're greeted by a droid named TC-14, which I wrote down just because... I thought that was interesting, too. Silver 3PO, I mean. Yeah, because I, w- a I female had a question 3PO. about uh, personnel droids. Yeah. And are they all just have different names like unlike astro droids or do they do have specific models as well um i'm actually i'm not too sure okay on the uh it's like vehicles with me i'm not i'm right, not too right. sure on the okay. specifics i just thought i would ask and see because <laughs> i know like you got r2d2 you got r4 so i mean astromechs kind of have some kind of right inline stuff tc is the same model it looks like a c3po right just silver so it's weird that it's not like a c uh, name but i mean and you also have like um uh, IG-11 and like the yeah. IG droids yeah. are the so there is some semblance of you want the real answer George Lucas was probably like oh, I just name it TC-14 <laughs> yeah <laughs> it may have had something I, I don't know but uh so when when do the when does the Federation become the Separatists so this the, Fed, the Separatist movement doesn't start until right before the Clone War okay because that's like episode 2 time because the, the okay. Separatist movement is actually just planets that want to be independent from the Republic. And Sidious uses that... So it has nothing to do with... Yeah, not really. Okay. Sidious uses that as a way to start a war. And he gets people okay. inside so he can kind of play on both sides. Okay. Um, so anyway, a Jedi get to the ship and the first thing I noticed is Obi-Wan... Everyone, first of all, everyone bitches about Anakin and Luke being whiny. Obi-Wan is so whiny in this movie, dude. <laughs> Does not have enough experience yet. He is yet. so whiny. And it's like, he's a lot like Anakin and Luke, but no one will dare say anything bad about Ewan McGregor as right? Obi-Wan. So I thought that was funny to, to point out. It, why? Okay, so the Supreme Chancellor sent the Jedi to go talk to the Federation. Yes. To get a settlement. Why would Darth Sidious or Palpatine, spoiler alert. We don't know that yet. I know. Uh, why would he... Tell the Federation to kill the Jedi, knowing that there was going to be retaliation because of it. It's not like Jedi just go missing every day. Yeah, um, I don't know. He, I mean, you could say ah, he knew they weren't going to die or okay. something would happen. I don't know. Uh, there's really not a good explanation for okay. that. It's just Sidious being evil, I think. Yeah, he's just like, oh, just kill him. Yeah, just and, kill then, him. and then invade the planet. Because I mean, it'll all be fine. Because, I mean, Newt Gunray was caught off guard that it was Jedi. He was like, the Jedi are ambassadors. Well, I'm not talking to them. You know, mm-hmm. so which is not, that's another weird thing. Who else would the Republic send? The Jedi are the peacekeepers. Of course, they're gonna come right. to keep the peace. Uh, 
yeah, they try to kill him, and they run. They run away. Uh, uh, they lock their doors, and then the, they bring out the coolest droids in all of Star Wars, the Droidicas. I have a lot about Droidicas. Right right go off, man. Okay, so the Droidicas. It's very interesting because I was watching Clone Wars before this. Yeah. And then when I went into the movie, they were like afraid of the Droidicas and how strong they were. Yeah. But I, when I watch Clone Wars, they take care of Droidicas. <laughs> I mean, they force push them away. Yeah, so I was wondering why they didn't just take care of them, but maybe it's a, it's a new yeah, because they call them destroyers. Yeah, destroyers, droidicas. So maybe they're just a new design that they haven't had enough practice yeah, with. Maybe yet. I don't know, because yeah, in the later movies and Clone Wars, they're taking care of them easy. So I mean, that's right. probably and why why with the droidicas, right? Why don't they make more droidicas and more super battle droids instead of making droids? I don't know. Well, here's the thing. I don't think the super battle droids are created at this point yet because we don't see any in this we movie. We do. We do? Yeah. Do we? We see them... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Because I, I didn't see no. a super battle droid. I saw battle droids and droidicas. So I'm pretty sure that was a uh, separatist design. Okay. For some reason, I feel like we saw them... Damn Clone Wars. I feel like we saw them... <laughs> When they were trying to... You might be right. Yeah, I don't recall yeah. seeing one. But. Okay. So, but my biggest thing about the whole Droidica thing is, if you can give the Droidica's shields, why don't you just give all your droids shields? Right. If these <laughs> Isn't that hard to produce? If the Gungans I mean, can have shields, yeah. why can't everything have shields? I don't... I don't it can't be that hard of technology if you're putting them on them. But, I mean, still pretty cool. Yeah, uh, But yeah. The, the Jedi, they're not able to take out these Droidicas, so what is their solution to getting away? They use Force Speed. Never seen again in any anything. Use force speed and going through small vents. And see, that comes back at the end of the movie, because during the saber fight, I'm like, why aren't these guys just speeding all over the place? <laughs> it makes no sense. I don't understand. If you're the Flash with a lightsaber, you should be pretty unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah, you would think, but... Who knows? Yeah. You know, George Lucas kind of threw everything in this movie... And then if it worked for that plot point, I think he used it. Yeah, probably. Anyway, they uh, they go through the ventilation shaft, and this weird lady makes sure you know that they go through the ventilation shaft. Right. They get out. They start to uh, crash land on Naboo. We meet everyone's favorite, Jar Jar Binks. Anything to oh, say about Jar Jar? Nothing written down about Jar Jar until later. Oh, well, we'll get to it then. Well... Like we can talk about it now since he's introduced here. Do you, why do you think Jar Jar is in here at all? Comic relief, kids. Right, just children to yeah. sell toys. Like why? Why? Why does he have to be in there? Listen, I don't hate Jar Jar as much as everyone else, but there are times in the movie where I'm like, "Ooh, this is rough." Right. He, his character could have still been comic relief without being just annoying. Even as a kid, I didn't really like Jar Jar. Maybe I was a cynical kid. So. Uh, as a kid, I didn't, I didn't love him, but I didn't hate him. You know, right. just... he is there for comic relief, and I understand that. So it's more for the kids, and maybe I just don't understand it. Yeah. Right. So, so I, I don't think it. it was a bad idea to put this in here because they've done it before. Or yeah. They do it after. I mean, we know? always get new races and species and right. stuff, but I mean, the thing about this movie in particular, it started off a trend that uh, we get a lot of alien species that just speak basic. Or at least weird basic, because the Gungans are, I don't know if it's called Gunganese or what, but they're speaking it. Right, they're speaking this, they're speaking basic, 
What did they learn it from the Naboo? I mean, I don't know. My thing is, why, a why, race. why do they speak basic that is so weird? That's so broken. Like Yusa and Misa and all. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but uh, anyway, Qui-Gon saves Jar Jar and he's like, I'm, you know, I'm indebted to it. Well, he doesn't talk like that. He doesn't sound that good. Uh, right. And he leads him to Gungan City, even though he reluctantly doesn't want to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was banished from it. And we'll find out a little bit more later. My biggest takeaway from this is, can Gungans breathe underwater? Because they had to use put the breath things in, and Jar Jar just jumps right in. I think, I can only assume that but they, they have hold a little, their They have little balls down longer. there. Maybe. I think they're like amphibious. Yeah, amphib- so I get they you. Can, yeah. They can maybe take it some. Sense. Uh, and the, the Gungans are the locals, and Qui-Gon says this. He's like, oh, it's one of the locals that he picked yeah. up. So, yeah, Obi-Wan, did, Obi-Wan was not too pleased. When, when did the Naboo settle? Because, like, the Naboo, even though it's the planet's name, that's based off, I guess, the... The, the people? Yeah, I guess that's the, like... It's like calling someone for Arkansas an Arkansan. Right. It's like but the Gungans are the, completely different. Yeah, they're... And they don't like the Naboo. We right. said don't like a, the Naboo, is right, how Boss right. Nos puts it. But they go there, and they meet Boss Nos, and for my note on Boss Nos, I just wrote Boss Nos is stupid. Not just the stupid character, but he is stupid within is the context stupid. of the movie. They're like, hey, war's coming to Naboo. And he's like, I don't care about Naboo. And like, well, you're gonna when it's blown up. And, yep. and that's where you live. Uh, so I thought that was stupid. Anything to say about Bosnos? He's weak-minded. Yeah. Obviously, since the uh, the force ability works on him. Yeah. No. And uh, they basically give him a they ship to get a, out of there. They give him a bongo. A bongo, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's called. Um, yeah. You know, I was interested by this as well, and I will keep coming back to this, on how stupid I think the Gungans are. They have some very complicated technologies, but at the same time, don't. They ride these, like, mules, basically, around. Yeah. With shock spears. But they have watercraft that can, like... They also have no... Any kind of uh, firearms. No whatsoever. firearms. They have... But they have... Sl- they have, like... Slings. Yeah. With, uh... I can't remember what they called them. They Uh, are called... They're some kind of, like, electronic bombs. I do have this written down. We'll come back to it later, but... Yeah, we'll get to it. We got the big battle coming up, Yeah, they use these later, and they're just like, how can they not make rifles? But they can make these EMP grenades, The most aggravating level to play in Star Wars Battlefront, because you don't have any firearms. But, uh... Then we have the stupidest, one of the stupidest lines to, co- limes, lines <laughs> to come out of a great actor's mouth. And that's when the ship is being attacked by this fish, and then Qui-Gon goes, there's always a bigger fish. You made Liam Neeson say something that stupid. And apparently, Liam Neeson, here's a fun fact for everyone, he didn't read the script before he said yeah to the movie, because he just wanted to do a Star Wars movie. Oh, no. So, I mean, had he read the script, we may not have got Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we would, because he still comes back and does stuff every now and then. He voices Qui-Gon in games and That's true. stuff. So That's true. He comes back in Clone Wars. Well, so. he'd already done it, so he was like, well, I guess now. I guess I'm locked in. I might as well. But, I mean, he seems to like Star Wars, so. I I liked the, uh, the design of the battleships that the Trade Federation had. Yeah. They're very interesting, because they don't look like they could fly at all. No. And they're called, uh, they also call them, like, droid control stations. Yeah, the control, the control ships. 
It's, I guess just all interchangeable. Yeah. They're called uh, Lucra Hulks. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. I don't think they ever say it. But that's something. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's a big gap in my notes from what happens next because uh, I didn't take notes for a couple minutes. Basically, they come back up to the surface. They find right. uh, the queen who is in distress. I can't remember how. <laughs> I watched this the other day, I swear. Uh, she was, she got captured and then they were being taken. To oh the yeah. Camps. They're trying to get the treaty signed. Right. Because Sidious was like, just start an invasion. Right. Right. Uh, so they help her get off. They get off on her ship. Do you know anything about the droids as far as their command structure? Because it seems like not at this point. all the exact same droid. It looks like, and here was my thing. Just painted different. I didn't write it down, but it's like, how does this droid army have commanders and captains and stuff? They're all programmed the same. That's There's no different saying. skill level. And some people could say that about clones. They're, yeah, they're all the same DNA, but they all have different capacity for skill and stuff because they're right. all still living beings. Right. But droids, they can only ever do one thing. Yeah. Whatever you program them. And I guess you could program commanders and generals and stuff, but then why don't... Yeah, why don't... Why does it... Just make them all generals and commanders, you know? Make them all just as good as the other. Yeah. Uh, so that was weird. But anyway, they kill the Roger Rogers and get off planet. And... You know, this is one of the greatest, one of the greatest characters in the history of Star Wars is brought into the story. You know, how, we got to get a grand entrance for this great character of R2-D2, right? It's his first appearance uh, chronologically in the series, and how do we meet him? He's just hanging out on the Queen's ship. He He's is one a of the droids. normal astromech. He's one of the eight astromechs that is just on this ship, because and they have to fix the engine, and, you know, he's the only one that makes it. And he fixes the engine. And you know, like, he's the best thing ever. Yeah, it's like, that's how we meet R2. There's no... No grander... Nothing else, you know? You know it's like, just, oh, C3... he's just on the ship. Right. Like, C-3PO is literally being made by Anakin. No, yeah. R2's just an astromech. Yeah. It's just, he's just there. There's very, very... A lot of plot convenience there. Yep. Uh, so, R2's just chilling on the ship. And apparently he's the only useful astromech. Uh, apparently they're not all programmed as well as R2. Yep, they're not all as snarky and well-programmed. Nope, because he, I mean, he just does it and doesn't think anything of it. They, uh, they're able to get out of there, but they, they've got some damage done to them, so they need to stop somewhere. And where do they stop? And, uh... The planet of the two setting suns? Yeah, because uh, it's on the Outer Rim, and it's not controlled by the Trade Federation. It's controlled by the Huts, which is, uh, something we'll see later that I wish we didn't see. Um, and this is... This is where the movie is drags for me. Yeah, it starts too. Because we're on Tatooine for way too long in this movie. It, it is from the 20 minute mark until the an hour and 11 mark, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's it's a long chunk of time. And it wouldn't be bad if there, there was stuff happening. But it's literally, there's there's a race, that's something that happens. And then there's Qui-Gon... Talking to Watto. Talking to Watto, that happens. And then the rest of the movie is, I think he's Force-sensitive. He could be the chosen one. That's the rest of the time, he's just talking to Anakin. And it's just like, do I really need to know the old lady telling Anakin there's a storm coming? Do I really need to... Because we got that scene twice, oh, there's a storm coming. Anakin could have just said, oh, I live here, you know, that we get these storms, they're come inside. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, we, you know, that happens. But we're getting ahead of ourselves because we haven't met Anakin yet. Right. They go into town looking for these parts, uh, and, you know, uh, 
they run into Watto. Right. They they say we don't want to go to a big store, a big shop, because maybe they they might recognize. Yeah. Someone. So they go to Watto, and Watto is like tells this random kid to watch the shop. He goes. So Watto is speaking Huttese, and I see that yeah. a bunch of I noticed that too. Speaking Huttese. I think it's just because it's controlled by the Huts, so that's like a second okay. hand. So are the Huts a family or are the Huts a species? Y- but yes. Okay, so both. So they're a family. I don't know if every species of huts is named the hut. Okay, okay. But they are a species, and I don't know if Jabba's family is different from others or okay. whatever. Okay. But we do know that it in canon right now, Jabba has family because so we know he has a kid later in the Clone Wars. Okay. And uh, the Clone Wars movie, we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we obviously we know of the huts as if it's, the language is Huttese, then it has to be a species. Yeah. Okay, okay. And so, yeah, the, a lot of speaking Huddies and ink and basic back and forth. Right. Uh, which, just pick one. I don't understand. Just pick one. Right. But, yeah, all they have are Republic credits, and Watto's like, I'm not going to take that. And then Qui-Gon's like, Republic credits are fine. And he's like, no. Yeah, he's like, what do you think? You're some kind of Jedi wiping which, your hand around like that? Which is when I wrote down, Watto is smart. As much as he might Watto be weird and creepy, he is smart. Smart and strong-willed. Yeah, uh, it's also at this point where I wrote down, uh, Jar Jar is a three-year-old, because he's sitting around playing with everything in the shop, Qui-Gon tells him not to touch stuff, he's bumbling around, falling all over the place. Well, that's why he got banished, because he was, he was, he was accident clumsy. prone. Yeah, but it's like, if he tells you not to touch stuff, why are you touching stuff? This even is, Anakin this is a knows. Jedi master. Well, he's not technically on the council, but I mean, Obi-Wan even says later, if you just listen to the council, you'd be on it. Right. So he's a Jedi master, essentially. And you're some bumbling Gungan from Naboo, and you're going to mm. disobey him? I just... I don't know. And this also leads us to the worst line in the history of Star Wars, uh, where these two people have never met, sitting in silence in a shop, and one just looks at the other and says, Are you an angel? Where the hell did... I mean, as a kid, I didn't really... That never stuck out to me, but as an adult, it's like, that came out of nowhere. Okay. That's the first thing they say to each other in the, in the movie. He's, what, 11, 12? Around there, yeah. Right. He's never seen a girl before? Maybe if he was like... He's never seen a cute girl before. Yeah, maybe if he was like uh, like six, you know, it might make more sense. But he's supposed to be like 12, so he's got some mm, common just... sense there. Some ability to maybe hit on a girl. Oh, that's him hitting some on a capacity. girl? Yeah, I guess. But then he actually goes into the stories of these angels. Yeah. The, and I the, forgot to write down uh, the where... starship pilots uh, and bounty hunters and people that come through. Right. He's heard from secondhand. And it's just. It's an awful <laughs> it's interaction. Awful. Even Padme's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, so it's very creepy and very awful. Uh, but it does bring up a fact during their discussion. I was like, was Anakin born on Tatooine? Because he mentions, I've only been here, I've been here since I was, was it four? Three. Three. And I don't know if he means with Watto or on Tatooine. That was my question as well, because I was like, is... Because we do know he had a, a different owner. I believe I wrote it down somewhere. Gardula the Hut was yeah, his Gardula original owner. So I'm assuming it's Tatooine because it's a hut, but I mean, we know there's huts other places. Zero is on Coruscant, so... Right. I was confused by this as well because I was like is Anakin's mother 
from Tatooine originally? Yeah. Has she always been in slavery? You yeah, know, it's at, true. At she could have been enslaved later. I mean, at what point did she become enslaved and why? You know, she had to have been born here or sold somehow into yeah. the Hutt's family. And then eventually they got to Watto, which is not a hut, right? He, no, Watto is a Toydarian. Right, he's a Toydarian. Which the Huts and the Toydarians are both strong-willed, right? Uh, as far as minded. Well, I don't know if... Well, I guess they are, because Watto even says, I'm a Toydarian, only money works right. on him. So, maybe okay. he is very strong-willed. Um, also, slavery's weird on Tatooine, because it's like, yeah, you're enslaved and you gotta do what I say. But Watto, I mean... He's like a... I mean... He's like joking around... And he's like, yeah, clean the racks and you can go home. And they have a home. They have home. a home. That was one of the big things. Anakin goes and hangs out with his friends in his downtime. I mean, it's... Right. It's like having a parent, but you're grown. Right. It's like... Sl- slavery is not quite... It's not as... Now... I mean, it's still awful. You might think that maybe he's just not of age yet to really be a slave and his mom is the actual slave. Yeah, but I mean, she's sitting at home cooking dinner. So, I mean... That's true, she had time She to comes come at home, home and cooks dinner, you know? So, I mean... I'm assuming she goes and does something during the day as well for right. Watto. Because uh, Anakin's building seats we build to help yeah. her mother, so she's got to be doing I'm something. I'm sure she's yeah. doing something, but it's just like... It's like working. It's like their job, they just don't get paid for it. So, it's more yeah. like indentured servitude... Pretty much. ...than it is slavery. And, you know, it's, it's like... It's still awful to be owned by a human being, but right. it's, I'm glad Lucas didn't make it a very... Because this is a kid's franchise. If it, he went delved into the, the darkness of our real history right, and made right. it anything like that. Also, I wanted to say, Shmi's got to be pissed off that Anakin just comes home with, like, five people and is like, hey, they're staying here tonight. Yeah, just like, uh, hey, Mom, uh, yeah, screw you. Yeah, I'm, they're, I, I they're staying friends. here. And even the look on her face, she's like, uh... She's looking at these people she doesn't know. They've got this weird looker looking Gunganet. I mean, it's... And I thought he would come in and be like, hey, I brought people back because of the storm or something. It didn't acknowledge it at all. Yeah. But no, no, it just... They're just there. It never gets acknowledged. And, I mean... I understand Shmi's character, but she's so boring. She's only there to be like, to inspire Anakin... And to give exposition. And her accent is all off the entire time. I never know what it is, and sometimes it changes. Like mid-talk. Like mid Maybe sentence. she is from a planet, a different planet, because she's got that accent. Yeah. I mean. And it just kind of, like, peeks through. So, I had a big question about, you know, Watto also brings this up. It's like, you might as well just buy a new ship. Why didn't they just sell the... What is it? It's a... The, uh... The Naboo... Yeah, the Star cruiser. Cruiser, something. The, the big did, silver Naboo ship. Right. Why didn't they just sell this ship? Made, They would have made plenty of money back on it to be able to buy a yeah. new ship. Well, maybe the Queen's like, hey, my ship, you know? That's true. I don't know uh, specifics, but... Maybe he just thought it would be cheaper to get a hyper... I don't know. Also, we haven't mentioned it yet, but the Queen sends her handmaiden... Which, eventually we find out. That's, that yeah, that is that's true. She sends her hand in, and she's like, oh, she wants to know more about the world. Right. And then she doesn't re- reveal her actual identity the entire time. No. Like, at no point. No. It's very interesting. Uh, I will say the, uh, when I, watching this as a kid, that surprised me. Because they do, Keira Knightley and uh, Natalie Portman do look alike in this movie. 
And so it caught me off guard. Wait, what point did they switch? Is my question. Well, you see throughout them going back and forth. Really? Yeah. Because they talk. Yeah. We'll both get... so monotone. Well, I think I think Natalie Portman dubbed the lines for Kira when she was oh, in the makeup. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I don't think Kira even gets to talk, but you know she she did Pirates a couple years later. Okay. She'll be fine. So how how quickly do you think Qui Gon knew that Anakin was something special? That the Force brought him there for a reason. Uh, crap! I wish I had watched it right before this because I remember when I watched it, I saw the moment that he was like, "Oh." You think when they were talking about the pod racing? No, I think it was even before that. Okay. I'm not sure exactly. Let me see if I wrote it down. I know when they step off the ship, there's like, no, watch yourself, there's a disturbance. Or like, there's yeah. something in the force here. There was something Anakin said to him that I remember watching, I should have wrote it down. And it, it, he was like, oh, okay. Maybe it's when they were at the dinner table and he was asking him all the questions... Yeah, and he's talking and about he pod like, racing. He's yeah. like, I'm the only human who can do it. Maybe he's you're like, right. He must have Jedi reflexes. Yeah, you might be right about that. So that might be where he knew that something's up. Yeah. You know, like, this might be a kid where we need to do some more investigating. Yeah. Also, we get the most iconic duo in, in history meets each other. We get R2 yes. meeting uh, 3PO, who was built by Anakin, which Vader built 3PO. <laughs> And when did he go back to finish him? I mean, I mean, he didn't uh, build him originally. He right. found the parts and started to reassemble right, him. Right, right. But uh, it's still like that's kind of weird. It's interesting. You know, at no point would Vader be like, "That's my droid, three PO." Where did you get my droid? <laughs> right, right. At no time does he mention it. Yeah, ever. I think there's a comic actually where he's like, "Oh, that's my droid." Actually, no, actually, there is a... We're going to go off on one of my spiels. Okay. Uh, there is a Legends comic where it takes place during The Empire Strikes Back, but it's, like, scenes we don't see. Okay. Basically, Vader finds 3PO after the uh, he's been shot and blown up and stuff okay. in Empire. And he's like, yeah, just destroy it. But then uh, Chewie is, like, finds him and is trying to get him back together. And they capture... They go back to their room after they're captured, uh-huh. and they find 3PO there again. And Vader has, like, this moment where he's, like, brought back to his childhood, and he's like, give it to the Wookiee. And that's why... So he had a, he had a heart. Oh, at, at some point. he had a so little, he, little bit of a heart there. Yeah, so Anakin came back for a little bit there. But that's... So, I mean, it's not addressed in canon, I don't think. There might be a comic or something where he's like, it's my droid, but... Okay. For the so most part, it's not really addressed. Now, we can talk about... It happens around this time in the movie. One of the weirdest things ever introduced about the Force in Star Wars, and that's the fact that midichlorians are... Microscopic life form. Yes. That live within everyone, and we would not know the Force without them. What? (laughs) What is this? What kind of hard science is this that they're trying to to put into Star Wars? I don't think he's saying that the midichlorians are the Force. I think he's saying the Force works through midichlorians. I think okay. that's what he's trying to convey, but it still pissed everyone's off. He's like, the, the force is just science. Yeah, you it, know? it's not this mystical, yeah. magical thing. I think I think it's both. I think people who have midichlorians, more midichlorians, are force sensitive, but the force is its own thing that works through the midichlorians. Okay. Okay. At least that's how I'm choosing to view it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he does say, without the midichlorians, we wouldn't know the forces we. Yeah. Do. So maybe that is. How so he's that's how I'm choosing. To... 
Say uh, it there. Also, because we cut back and forth between some stuff during this time, we yes. also see Sidious talking to Maul. Uh-huh. Uh, and it, they're on Coruscant, which tells me the Sith have a secret base on the same planet that the Jedi... The <laughs> Jedi Order is set on, and the Jedi can't tell this. Yeah, there's no disturbance. There's yeah, no I disturbance, mean, like, there's something Maul wrong. does, or, uh, not Maul, uh, Mace Windu does say later on... Oh, that pissed me off. That... I have a note about that, too. They're hard to see, or they're, like, the hard to detect. And I'm like, really? Here's the thing about Jedi. They have precognition, they can sense things, but they can always throw out the excuse, clouded it is. I mean, it's just clouded. We can't they're, see they're it. They're able to tell the future. They can see seconds before it happens. But no, it's clouded. Yeah, it's clouded. This boy's future is clouded. I hate I can't tell. Uh, well, I mean, everyone's going to think we hate Star Wars after this. No. We don't. Man, we love Star we Wars. We love Star Wars. This is just but, uh, a hard one to start on. Also, another thing is the Republic uh, has no control over Tatooine, as we learn later. There's no Republic there. They don't take Republic credits. Yeah. Uh, and- that's interesting that they don't take Republic credits. Why not? Yeah. You you would think there would be one Republic sympathizer that could take the credits, 20,000 credits, which to me sounds like yeah. a lot. Shmi even says there's no one friendly to the Republic here. There's no one? You got a bounty <laughs> no hunter one? who wants free money? There's no who one? Who can help out? And the Republic is supposed to be the governing uh, system for the entire galaxy. Right. So how have they not cracked down on these Outer Rim planets? I understand not having a, as big of a presence there. Right, right, But it's right. still, we should have some presence there, you know? Maybe least, it's because they don't want to start a war with the Huts. Yeah, because they're like, maybe in the original when the Republic was coming up, they're like, well, we still want gangsters because the underground is what runs a lot of things. If there's not an underground, then there's no place for these people to go. So maybe if we just yeah. funnel them to the outside, they won't yeah. mess with us on the inside. Gotcha. That makes some so sense. So might yeah, that might be a reason why. Yeah. Now, is it a good reason? It's uh, no, the best really. thing I can think of. But it would be a good reason why they they're not there. Yeah. You know, in the first place. Also, uh, we learn Anakin is space Jesus. There was no father. <laughs> Anakin was born through the Force. And through the Force. We don't know how until much much later. Well, we still really don't know how. It's true. It's not- uh, there was a comic that's been very heavily contested uh, where we see Palpatine manipulating the Force and putting a, a baby in the belly of Shmi Skywalker. But and everyone's like, oh, so that's confirmed. Palpatine created Anakin. But the writers have come back and said, no, that's really more of a vision. Uh, it, maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. You know, so. But. Which would be kind of weird. For sure, he doesn't have a dad. Or no. she just does not want to talk about it. He does man. not have a biological father, or she's lying. Yeah, or she... Yeah, Which she, I did also right here. Shmi and Qui-Gon got something going on, so maybe Qui-Gon is the dad. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. That's why he knew to come back. That's why he knew he was coming back. He's like, oh, they're talking about Tatooine. Oh, I had to go back. To I gotta go back. Gotta see what happened. Okay, the pod races. We're oh, getting, well, we're getting, well, we're getting let's, close let's, to Yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and, and get there. Before we get there, yes. I do want to say... Uh, when they come up with the plan for the pod race, I wrote down, Watto thinks a lot of Anakin. Yeah. Because he's, he's like, oh, he's a good racer. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put him up against Saboba, you know, because Saboba's more seasons and stuff, but no, he's good. I mean. Right. He, and he's more willing to put Anakin in races. He's like, yeah. if I have a pod, I'm putting Anakin Which in. Which you would think, I don't want my slave to die, you know, but he's right. very trusting of Anakin to somehow survive this. 
And Anakin's like, well, you know, I've never finished a race, but, you know, at least the pod race wasn't completely yeah. destroyed. The racer wasn't. So basically, let's go over this plan, because it is really confusing. First of all, he's like, all right, Anakin built a pod, but he can't tell why he built a pod. So Qui-Gon right. says he acquired the pod. He wants Anakin to race the pod for him. They split the profits. Simple so far. That's what Watto says. Yeah. And then Qui-Gon is like, and no. Then, yeah. How about you take all the profits, and I'll take, and you front the cash, and then I'll just take what I need. The parts to the ship. Right. And he's like, sure, sure. So that's simple enough. And then they go back. So they're working together on this. They're in bed together for the pod race. Yeah. And so later he comes back, and they bet against each other about who's going to win. Why is Watto betting against himself? He's betting on Saboba. Right, he, it's not, it's like he doesn't want to win, he would win more money by betting yeah. on himself. That's just simple gambling. And so he bets on Saboba, and Qui-Gon's like, well, I bet on the boy, and, you know, if, if I win, then uh, I want you to, to free both your slaves. And he's like, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth two Cause, slaves. Because Watto's getting the ship if uh, he wins. The pod racer. No, not the pod racer, the queen ship. No, uh, in, so in uh, that bet, specifically, he's betting the pod racer against two oh, slaves. Right, right, right. He's like no pod no pod racers worth two slaves. Yeah. And then uh so he, he the ship would have been, I guess. He does just Anakin and then they he manipulates the dice in right. his favor so that Anakin is is up for grabs. That's a weird way of putting it, but he is. Right. And so Watto, I guess he's created a situation where he wins either way, but it still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, to bet against yourself. Yeah, like, like I guess he knows Saboba's going to win, then why did he let Anakin race in the first place? Yeah. To get, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess because he's winning the ship if he loses. So. Yeah. I guess it does create some publicity. He's got to get some money even if he doesn't win, right? Right. As long yeah, as they yeah. finish. I mean, so, I guess. Um, but, it, yeah, so we get to the pod race now, and we see a bunch of wacky characters. My favorite of whom is uh, Bed Quadrinos. Who is the guy? The other guy who doesn't get to actually do the race. His ship oh, just blows up and he's stuck yeah. there. Everyone hates this guy online. The quad racer or whatever. Yeah. Quattro. Yeah. Everyone hates him, and I'm like, he's funny. I like yeah, him. He's all right. I mean, he doesn't take anything away from it. Yeah, it's very small part, and I don't know the guy's name. I, I didn't even look it up because they, I don't think they ever say it. the announcer guy. The announcer guy says it. Uh, well, I mean, like the announcer guy in general. He I, is an interesting character. I want to know about these announcers because they're the same. They're conjoined. Right, it's a conjoined. And one speaks basic and one speaks Huttese. Can they spe- speak both, or does right. one speak each? That is very interesting. It's, it's very confusing. That's, like, I have no idea what's going on. I would on. like to think they both speak basic and Huttese, and they're just like, well, we need one of each because people speak both on this planet. Right, right. But, I don't know. Like, maybe, yeah, as far as color commentators, I guess it's easier to do it that way. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. I mean, you watch wrestling and stuff like that, and they have conjoined the Spanish team. The conjoined team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you remember when Jerry Lawler's neck grew out of JR. <laughs> right. Um, no, but I mean, like, they have the Spanish team and the German team. Right, so, right. I mean, so you need one to speak each, and maybe it's just easier to stick to one or the other. Yeah. So uh, I get it. We also see uh, Jabba come out, I assume. Yep, this is the part I hate. And it's we like, see Jabba and then another hut next to I'm him. assuming that's his wife. Okay. And Who we, we don't see in Return of the Jedi, so she must be dead. And we see um, his, his assistant. Yeah, the, Bib Fortuna. Uh, Bib Fortuna. 
Which means this How guy is old, old as is dirt. He? Yeah. These Twi'leks live long, apparently. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, dude, how old? He doesn't look a day over 35 in Return of the Jedi. And this is years, years and years before. Very interesting. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we see Jabba, and I hate seeing the hut move around. I'm just like, Jabba doesn't need to be moving. No. Keep him in one place, unless you roll him on his thing. Yeah. Because seeing him move around is just weird. Just have him barking orders at other people. Yes. I don't, I don't, he's the godfather, and the, everyone else is his. There was no reason to have him in this movie, he like falls asleep. No. It's like, it's like making It's a dumb joke, look, it's like, oh. Yeah, it's making him look like he's not a good leader. Yeah. Which, yeah, he's clearly terrifying... is. He controls all of Tatooine. Good and Lord. so it's just, it made no sense, and it was stupid. And then we get the pod race, which, I mean, I really don't know how you talk about a pod race, they race. Um, I just had a couple questions about it. And yeah. So we see the Tusken Raiders here for the first time in Star Wars. Yeah, chronologically. Are they the original inhabitants of Tatooine? In the old canon, they were very much like natives. Natives, okay. They're like the original settlers, so they... I'm assuming that's still kind of what they are, it just hasn't really been addressed. Because uh, we also see... um, I don't think we see it in this movie, but we see um, Jawas on... Tatooine as well. Yes. Right. So, uh, but those are all over the galaxy. Yeah, Jawas are all over the place. We don't really see Tuscans outside of Tatooine. Okay. So, right. yeah, they're much like native settlers. And, and then we don't ever hear anything more about pod racing ever again, do we? Like, um, in any movie, I mean, we might in like a book or something, but. I'm sure there was something in something else I heard. Okay. It was probably a show. No, it was Mandalorian they brought up pod racing. That's right. They, they brought did. it up in Mandalorian. They did. They did. But Mandalorians, they're bringing up all kinds of... They brought up Life Day and all bunch of other right. stuff. So they they're just it. Throwing, it, throwing it all out there. But yeah, it's, so it's been mentioned here and there. I'm sure it's mentioned in a lot of books <laughs> and comics. But, I mean, it's really just a plot point to get Anakin off the planet. Right. Uh, so yeah, Anakin... So Bulba's thing blows up because Anakin's like... He did something. He's a better racer, apparently. And, uh... Curious to know, so Bulba did not die... Mm-hmm. Uh, his ship thing blew up and he was left in just the seat. Yes. Uh, so Sebulba lives. Maybe one day he'll come for his revenge on Darth Vader. Yeah, right. Actually, I think there's a comic where Vader comes back to Tatooine and kills Watto and Sebulba. I think. I know yeah, I know not? it's out there, but I don't know if it's real or if it's a vision. Yeah, why not? I, yeah, I don't know. Because... I mean, he, it would make sense. He, he comes hates, back and kills all of the Tusken Raiders. He so. hates... Uh, and we do we do know because of the Vader comics he does come back to Tatooine as Vader because he finds out the pilot that blew up the Death Star, his last name was Skywalker. And mm. that's where the planet he was hiding out on, so he comes down there and he confronts Jabba, which is great. Yes. And so we know Vader's been down there, so maybe it did happen. Maybe, maybe. Um so yeah. Uh, that? so after the pod race, um, Well well wins. I wanna oh, I yes. wanna bring up one more thing during the pod race. We have a cameo by Aura Singh, the bounty hunter, just chilling out on, on a rock. Really? Yeah, the bald chick with the ponytail. Oh, yeah. She's just chilling. It's, it's like, what's she doing she here? Did. And earlier, I wanted to mention these together, we have a cameo by Quinlan Voss, okay. who is on some kind of secret mission on Tatooine. And I'm just curious if that has anything to do with Aura Singh. Maybe he's fighting, hunting down Aura Singh. Or... Huh. So it's just a bunch of... It's, it's just, just a bunch of people. The thing is, Aura Singh... Cameos. They both weren't characters during these cameos, really. This was their first appearance, and they became characters out of those. Huh. They decided, that's a cool background character. It turns out he's a Jedi on a secret mission. 
That's a cool character. Turns out she's a bounty hunter on assignment. Weird. Yeah. Weird, weird, weird. Anything else? Uh, yeah, Jabba falls asleep. <laughs> yep. He's like, uh, oh, the kid won. So, we, if they go back to the house, uh, Anakin is upset that he can't go with his mother. But not too upset. He's pretty ready to go. Yeah, he's, he's like, I'm out of here. Oh, wait, Mom, can you go? No? Whatever. Yeah. He leaves C-3PO unfinished. <laughs> Who finishes C-3PO is my question. Uh, I think the Lars. Because when, uh, when, in episode two, we find out she got, he bought her. The, the right. Lars bought her and freed her, and he ended up marrying him. Uh-huh. So they probably fixed... Okay. 3PO probably went with... Well, we know 3PO went with her, so they probably finished him. Okay, okay. <clears throat> um, yeah, so that happens. I wanted to point out, unlike episodes 2 and 3, but almost everything was on a green screen, there's still some practical stuff in here. Some practical effects, some practical sets. They actually, when they originally built the sets for this movie, they uh, didn't take account how tall... Uh, Liam Neeson is and all the sets were too short so they had to spend thousands of dollars to reconstruct the sets so that Liam Neeson would fit on the sets oh my lord I did notice a lot of the practical stuff like sometimes when there was one time on the ship where Jar Jar would just had his feet up they had practical feet there yeah. instead of CGI yeah so there's also I mean so many sets were real all the places on Naboo uh, besides the field was real right um, Tatooine, almost everything is practical, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. interesting. We do see, <coughs> so they go, they get back to the ship. They do. Um, and we see Mr. No-No, uh, Darth Maul. Yep, Darth up. Maul was dispatched earlier in the movie by Sidious to go and, and find them. We did kind of gloss over that. He did show up earlier on and send out some probe droids to try and find out where they were. Yeah. Beforehand. And this movie cuts all over the place because, like, he's like Anakin's telling his mom by this really heartfelt moment. We get a screen wipe. All the all of a sudden, they're running through the, de- the desert to dramatic music, mm-hmm. and they don't know Maul's chasing them at this point. They're just running the ship yeah, for some yeah. reason. And, and then, yeah, go ahead. And uh, you know, Qui Gon turns around. I'm assuming he sensed it. He sees Maul and he goes, "Anakin, drop!" And thank God, Anakin was a slave and was used to taking orders. Yeah. Because yeah. had he not just t- had he thought about it for a minute and been like, "Why?" He would have been dead. The chosen one would have been dead. Annihilated. And I, why is Darth Maul so powerful compared to... Because he looks cool. Oh, yeah. That's, that's why Boba idea. Fett's the best bounty hunter in the galaxy, because he looks why. cool. All right, don't have to talk about it anymore. Let's keep going. But no, I mean, yeah. that's a good question, because he's had minimal training. Right. He's now, not he, a master. He's a pawn. So he could have possibly have been a, an apprentice for a little while, but... Qui-Gon Jinn has been training his entire life to be a Jedi. They even said, you know, he would be a master if he would just listen to the council. So that one... But they didn't fight for very long there. No, that was just a little skirmish that he got on the ship. They got away. We'll get more into it later. We'll get more into it in the the best scene of the movie. Right. Um, And then we get another iconic uh, thing. We get Obi-Wan meeting Anakin for the first time. And it's very lackluster. I feel like we picked up another pathetic life form. Yeah. It's just like, dude, shut up. And then they meet, and it's just like, they shake hands, and Anakin's like, whoa, you're a Jedi too. Pleased to meet you. And then we go to the next scene. That was it. There's no big moment. This is, you know, in episode four, you know, Obi-Wan sits down, and he was like, he was the best star pilot in the galaxy, and a great friend. And they meet, and they go, pleased to meet you. 
there's no Obi Wan doesn't sense how powerful he is or right. And I guess he does because he already knows that this kid has twenty like a reading of twenty thousand medical. Well, yeah, but he knew that before he said, "Oh, did right. we pick up another pathetic life form?" It's so like, I, I, you just found the kid with the highest midichlorian count you've ever seen, and you're just going to be like, eh. Whatever. I, I don't... <laughs> I agree. Oh it was God. kind of lackluster. It was so weird. So then they get on the ship, and they go back to... The Coruscant. best planet in the Star Wars galaxy. Holy lord. Not just... Even before you land on the planet, when you just see it, there's so many buildings and lights. You see the lights from... The, the atmosphere city is... The entire planet's a city. Yeah, the entire planet's it's a city. It's crazy. So, in KOTOR, yes. the big city planet, it's different, right? Like, yeah, no, I that's... KOTOR much. I need to replay it, because it's been a while, but it's not... It's not, it's not Coruscant. No, it's not because Coruscant, that's, that's because much... that's a Sith-controlled planet. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. That would make more sense. Uh, but yeah, I also put... Backtracking a little bit, because I, yeah. I missed it. When Anakin leaves, uh, after he says goodbye to his mom and they start uh-huh. leaving, the music that plays is the main Star Wars theme, which is supposed to be very uplifting and powerful, but it's a dark version of it. They're playing it in a minor key. Yeah, it's it's very much like, you know, no, it says, well, bad things to come. There was very few times that, like, in this movie that I felt like it was Star Wars music. Yeah. Like, it was real weird that way. Yeah. And how John Williams' music, because we didn't get a lot from the original trilogy in this. We had a lot of new no. Stuff. It was it was mostly new, yeah. And then we got that, and it's like oh, it's like it was a nice little little turn there. Um, so yeah, Obi Wan meets Anakin. Yes. And then this is where I got to where you know they're on the ship, and Padme gives Anakin the blanket, and they have this discussion. The necklace gets exchanged. Yeah, and it's like this relationship is so weird because he's like. 11, 12. 11, 12. She's like 15, 16. Yeah. It's like, that's kind of weird. I mean, when they're adults, that's not a big deal. But when you're kids, it's kind of just weird. Right. You know, why couldn't Lucas have made him closer in age? At this point, is she just not actually interested in I don't think she is, but it's it's still... It's more of like, oh, he's just a little kid and thinks I'm pretty kind of thing. It's played kind of weird, you know? Right. Yeah, I I completely understand there, because they're both children, and... I feel like George Lucas didn't know how to treat that relationship. I'm just imagining Luke looking back through the force and through journals and everything and seeing, like, I want to know how my parents met. And it's like, okay, that's weird. All right, never mind. I want to kiss my sister. (laughs) I understand the juxtaposition, though. Like, uh, my mom was a queen and my dad was a slave. Right. You know, it's like, oh, that's so cool, but still. Um, So they get get to Coruscant and they're greeted by uh, Senator Palpatine. Which is the senator of the boot? Who's no one we've we know? You know, we have no idea. Very who this new, guy new is. character. Um, what is he from the boot? He is from that boot. Yes, Palpatine that is, is from the boot. There's actually uh, spoiler alert. Uh, Palpatine is Sidious. Whoa! Whoa! Okay. I know. I blew your mind. Uh, but uh, there's actually a comic that tells how Vader built his castle on Mustafar, right? Right. And uh, in the comic, basically. Palpatine orders Vader to do something, and Vader's uh-huh. like, no, I'm not going to do it. And Palpatine's like, excuse me? And he's like, I, I need something first. I've done everything you've asked, and I've lost everything. I need something from you. And he's like, all right, what do you want? He's like, I want a planet. Like, give me a planet. And Palpatine's like, you want a planet? All right, I'll give you a planet. <laughs> and he's like, and one of, he throws out two options. <laughs> he goes, I'll give you Naboo. 
be, and I hope that shows how much faith I have in you because I would give you my own planet. And uh, obviously he's just doing that to keep control of Vader, make Vader think he's right. doing stuff right. And he's like, or I can give you Tatooine so you can murder, enslave, and just viciously get your revenge on everyone who wronged you there. And then Vader says no, Mustafar. And that's how he gets Mustafar. Wow. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, so yeah, Sidious at one point was going to get... Sidious does not care about Naboo at all. Because he was going to give it to Vader. He's like, I don't care. You can have my plan. Wow. Yeah, he does not... He has no sense of... This uh, is my he home. Is a, like a psychopath, yeah. basically. He's the most evil being in the galaxy. <laughs> so I... Uh... But I wrote down uh, Palpatine's subtleness because he looks... He's very charming and charismatic and he seems like a genuinely nice person. And he's very good at playing that, that role. Yeah, because And he's... convincing people. I mean, politically, he's very good at like... He tells the queen something later in the movie, and she's like, ah, you know. And then by the time they're in the Senate, he's, like, whispering in her ear, and she's like, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now they go, Qui-Gon goes to talk to the Jedi Council. Yes. About Anakin. This is where I wrote down what I wrote down. Uh, well, I wrote down Coruscant is amazing, but we already got to that. Yeah. I wrote Jedi are arrogant. They think they know everything. Because they're like... Qui-Gon's like, I'm pretty sure the Sith are back. And Mace Windows is like, it's impossible. We'd know. Yeah. They're chilling on your planet, dude. They got some kind of base on your planet. One of them's a senator. And you're like, yeah, I know. And that plays into what Luke says in episode 8. It's like, well, the Jedi were destroyed because of their, their hubris. They didn't believe the Sith could rise back up. And they rose back right under their noses. Even in episode 2, and I hate to give stuff up because we're going to do that movie. But, yeah. I mean... Dooku straight up tells Obi-Wan, the Sith Lord has control of the Republic. And Obi-Wan is like, it's impossible the Jedi would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't learn. He yeah. didn't learn. And it, it made me upset, because it, the, the Council seemed upset that Qui-Gon <laughs> even assumed that Anakin might be the Chosen One. Well, he seemed annoyed. Uh, Mace Windu, he's just like... And Yoda as well. You're referring to the prophecy of the Chosen One. And he's like, he's like fine, bring in the boy. Yeah, it's like the the guy that could literally bring balance, and you're gonna be like, yeah, whatever. You at least give him a look see, you know. He might be the guy. Um, so I wrote that down, and uh, this is where we kind of go into the Senate proceedings about what to do on Naboo. Yes. And the Trade Federation is there because no one knows they've invaded. Right. Right. And the Queen is trying to plead that they've invaded my planet right. and they're cutting off our trade, and they're like, well, you don't have any proof and whatever. And uh, this is where I wrote down uh, Terrence Stamp is in the movie. Terrence Stamp plays Chancellor Valorum. Valorum. And, uh, you know, he's famous for playing Zod in uh, the Superman movies. He yes. was also uh, Jor-El in Smallville. Oh, okay. And he was the butler in the Haunted Mansion. Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's a, a nice little third one to throw in there, you know? Big roles. But he's a great voice, great actor. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. basically he's controlled by bureaucrats, as Palpatine puts it. And Palpatine right. convinces uh, the Queen to call for a vote of no confidence. In Senator, or, yeah. For Chancellor Valorum, which later in the movie we learn he gets nominated himself. So obviously a self-serving thing by yeah, Palpatine. Yeah, because he definitely wanted power. And he's he like, wants oh, that power. I didn't. It's oh, part of his plan. It's a, it's a great honor. I didn't think I was going to. Yeah, he's like, oh, but, but you know this helps our situation. Now, I did notice that another one of the, nom the nominees was Bail Antilles. Bail Antilles, yeah. Not Bail Organa. Okay. Not any of yeah. the Antilles we know. Maybe maybe Captain Antilles 
related to them, maybe related to Wedge Antilles. Because we know related to one of the Antilles. We know. We know that it's weird. In in the future movies, there's a rebellion with a Captain Antilles and a Wedge Antilles, and they're not related at all. <laughs> at, 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 at all. all. Must be a very common name. So maybe maybe it's maybe it's just a maybe it's just the dude. Uh, but yeah, I I took I noticed that too. But uh, also the Senate. I mean, listen, you'll never catch me watching C-SPAN or anything because I I can't stand it. But if they yeah. if they put on Disney Plus just a live stream of Star Wars C-SPAN. I'd watch it because that Senate design is awesome. I just want to see the pods moving around. Yeah, yeah. Also, E.T.'s there, you know? E.T. is there. A little, little Easter egg there. Yeah, from yeah so apparently E.T. is from the Star Wars universe, which means that Star Wars is real because when E.T.'s on Earth, he sees a kid dressed up as Yoda. Yep. <laughs> real weird. Real weird. <laughs> so I guess Star Wars exists, and they're all documentaries. They're all documentaries. So it's in none the non This is why we're going over If I ever this. have a movie store, I'm putting Star Wars in the nonfiction section. Perfect. And put E.T. right next to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so a little more happens here. Anakin, well, Qui-Gon again talks to the yeah, He brings Anakin before the with, council. With Obi-Wan first and says, hey, I don't, Obi-Wan is ready to be a knight. I want to take Anakin as my Padawan. Yeah. After he, they're like, oh, we won't teach him. And then they bring in Anakin yeah. to see if he'll be taught. And they are just... And he guesses every single right answer. Like that. And then there's Qui-Gon's like, all right, will he be trained? And they're like, no. Yeah. And, and, and To be fair, they sense the fear in him and all this stuff. Right. And Yoda was like... Like, I, I sense a dark path, but I, I it's clouded. But it's clouded, yeah. And I'm like, dude... This is why he turns later, is because the Jedi don't trust them. If they just trusted him, they put their faith in them. Oh my god. It would have been all fine. Yeah, so they're like, whatever, we'll talk about this later. We'll talk about it after the Naboo issue has been settled. Right. And right. so they when Qui- they send Qui-Gon back with, because the Queen's like, I'm going back home, you guys handle this here. Mm-hmm. You know, the Chancellor now and everything. And she's like, I gotta go home, I gotta take care of it there. Right. And so they send the Jedi... Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon to protect her because the whole Jedi they don't want to get involved they don't want to start a war so they just send these two to protect the queen and they take Anakin they take this 12 year old kid to a place where they know there's going to be a battle well because he does say that I'm going to teach the kid and then he says I can't teach you but you can watch yeah so he wants him you to you can learn. also watch a blaster come and hit you in the face uh, when you're in the middle of a battle hey I'm just trying to give him some this is a kid and a lot of people I know a lot of people are going to bring this up that baby Yoda is a kid and he's brought into the battle here's the difference is that where the hell are they going to take baby Yoda he's being hunted Anakin isn't being hunted Anakin could chill out on Coruscant until this is over easily easily it's does not have to go so, anywhere it's so dumb why is he there it's so stupid but they take them anyway. Yep. They and, get uh, back. This is where it really starts getting fuzzy for me. I don't really know what's going on well, anymore in the movie. Well, they go back and they're like, well, Naboo doesn't have an army. Right. You know? So they're like, well, you know who does have a, an army? The Gungans. <laughs> the Gungans! They have a great army. And so they go and they, they go to find the Gungans. They're not in Gungan City. They've, right. They've found out that the invasions happened and everything. They've gone to a sacred place. Right. So Jar Jar leads them there and then the queen reveals herself. Oh, I'm the queen. Oh. That's Kira Knightley. I'm the queen. Oh. And uh, so they come to an agreement, and uh, Boss Noss is like, yeah, we're 
we could be friendly. He says oh, in a weird voice. He shakes think, his face. You don't think you're better than us? Misa like this. <laughs> yep. I'm glad you did it because I wasn't going to do it. Uh, and then Bosnos does quite possibly the stupidest thing any leader has done in the history of Star Wars. He makes Jar Jar the general. A general. A general. He's like, oh, you, you no made No combat good. experience. None. And he's a general now. Seems like most of them don't have combat experience, though. Well, no, I mean, we see them. We see other people going through their kicking butt. It's true. Jar Jar's stumbling and bumbling all over the place. And where did these Gungans... I'm going to come back to it. Where did these Gungans get these shield generator technologies? <laughs> I don't know. And why have we never seen it again? I don't know. We've seen shield generators, just nothing like that. Nothing like this. Nothing... And these Booma... Boomas, that's what they're called. Boomas. They're there called... We go. And they have Booma catapults and Booma slings... But they can't make a blaster for... No, 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 that's too That's too much. No. But these concentrated balls of energy that knock down droids easily can be made. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, the, well, they, they're doing a battle yeah. to, do, to keep a diversion so the queen can take back control right. of Naboo. Right. Well, when we get there, they take out a bunch of people in the uh, hangar and so the right. pilots can go and attack the uh, droid control ship. And... Uh, he tells Anakin, stay in the cockpit, which, I mean, Anakin does. He does. And uh, then we get badass entrance number two by Darth Maul, because yes. earlier in the movie, we see a hologram of Sidious. He's talking to the Trade Federation, and then goes, right, here's my apprentice. And we see him just walk into the hologram, and you're like, oh, that's the devil. And now, you know, the door's open, he's there. Is is that his skin? Is that his actual skin, the Zabrak? Uh, tattoos. He... tattoos. The red, the red is his skin, the black is the okay. tattoos. Okay. Um, so yeah, he's there, and then... Uh, you know, Obi-Wan and... Or no, Maul ignites his first. He op- One side yeah. ignites, and then the other side ignites. You're like, what? Ooh. There's a double-sided lightsaber. And then Obi-Wan and Anakin ignite theirs, and then they go off on their on their fight. And this Ooh. is going to be weird to cover, because we're cutting back and forth oh, yeah, between three boom, things. Boom, boom, it's boom, all boom, over boom, the place. Boom. Which I understand that. I'm not attacking that at all. That you got to... You know, cut back kind and of forth. Four things. Yeah. Right? Well, because of the the, yeah. spi- the space battle as well. You're right. Well, I was I was forgetting the uh, the queen stuff. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. That's the most interesting. Uh, so yeah, we cut back and forth between those things, and uh, they start their fight. Double sided saber. Where am I going with this? I'm just restating things. Yep, uh, yep, Duel yep. of the Fates was the next thing I wrote down. Okay. The best music from the prequels. The best. Yeah, best song that's ever come out. Okay. Is what most people would say. But I disagree. Really? I do. I think Battle of the Heroes is the best, which is from episode three. Um, you're wrong, but it's but okay. I, you know. You know, music hits people I think the pre- I think prequels have a lot of good music, but people bash the prequels. I love yeah. prequels. I love, I love Duel of Fates, uh, the uh, Across the Stars, the love ballad from episode two. No, no matter what you think of the romance, I like the music. <laughs> and then Battle of the Heroes I really like as well. So... Are Zabraks known to be Force-sensitive? Or, I mean, I guess any creature yeah. can. Yeah, uh, I think because uh, we see Savage in Clone Wars is also Force-sensitive. So she's a Zabrak? Savage? Oh, not Savage. Oh, Savage. The, Knight, right, the Knight Sisters. I don't know if the Knight Sisters are technically Zabraks or not, but, I mean, Mother Talzin okay. is, so they is are Maul's known mom. To be... And the, all the Knight Sisters use the Forces how they use magic. So. Okay. Okay, okay. Interesting. So I, think th- I think they are. And that sucks playing in Jedi Fallen Order. When you, I tried to go, little side story, I tried to go to Dathomir way earlier than you need to mm. when I wasn't ready for it. And you got magic 
and all this stuff coming at you all over the place, I was like, nope, I'm out of here. I'm going to uh, the other planet. I went to Kashyyyk instead. <laughs> uh, which was even worse, because uh, Kashyyyk is a beautiful planet. Yeah. Walk two minutes in the forest, you got giant spiders jumping on you. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, I don't. I, I guess they're Wookiees. They're pretty strong. But yeah, so uh, we're doing that. And uh, this is where I wrote down Jar Jar is super lucky. Yeah. Because in this battle, Jar Jar accidentally takes out one droid. Not by trying to fight it or anything. And it gets caught on him. And other droids are flanking him and he jumps down and the blaster goes off and hits that droid. And then he jumps this way and the blaster hits that droid. He's just getting so lucky by being clumsy. Yeah, and he like dis- he like destroys the entire catapult by yeah. releasing all the boomas. And then it happens to kill like four so tanks. The, the question has to be asked, is this all a ploy by Darth Jar Jar? And he's I really... swear to God. This theory has been going around a long time. It was actually... It, it got big, I want to say, a couple years back, but it was even addressed before that by Robot Chicken. They did a... Where uh, Palpatine was thrown down the shaft. This is Robot Chicken. Don't take it seriously. Yeah. Thrown down the shaft, and he's like, I got a tune for all my sins. And he pulls out a cell phone, and he calls Jar Jar, and he's like, I'm sorry for manipulating you and giving me powers. And Jar Jar's like, oh, yeah, you so manipulated me, and he hangs up, and then Jar Jar puts on a robe and starts laughing. So apparently it's been around for a while, but... That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's... I mean, who knows? Maybe that was the plan. I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt Lucas yeah. wrote that character to be a Sith Lord, but... Because he never comes back again. Like, he does a little bit. We see him in the movies. next two movies, but, I mean, his role is cut down substantially because of the backlash Lucas yes. got. Yes. He doesn't even have a line in Revenge of the Sith, so... Um, but yeah, Jar Jar is just super lucky, um... Uh, even not to the point where he's like, this is a general, right? And he's committed to saving his people. And he gets cornered. And the other dude, whose name I can't remember, even says, no matter what they do, do not surrender. And they pull their guns at Jar Jar, and Jar Jar, Jar, Jar just goes, I give up. <laughs> I give up. He says surrender. It's just like, okay. You little piece of And garbage. back to the saber fight. One of the best saber fights in Star Wars. Um, yes. Easily. Yes. Uh, but the biggest, the big question has to be when they're going through the race shields and they get stuck, mm-hmm. why not use your force speed to get past the race shield before it closes? Because you have force speed. Well, no, not anymore. They used, they all used it speed. all. Yeah. They used it all two days ago and it hasn't replenished yet. Uh, we can talk about a little bit here what, uh, lightsaber forms they're using. That's all you because I don't know. There's oh, really not I a lot of, either. really not a lot of canon okay. around the lightsaber forms There's, anymore. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's interesting to see the blue, the green uh, lightsabers and yeah. what they mean as far as... So we know Qui-Gon's a little bit more of a Force user than... Well, yeah, in the... In, at least how canon used to be. I'm right. not sure how it works now because I haven't really delved into lightsaber colors. Right. Um, blue was for the warriors. Right. Green was for Jedi Consulars who were uh, very attuned to the Force. Right, right. So... so. Mm-hmm. Which Qui-Gon definitely is. He even talks about, you know... Let the force guide you and all that. Right. Um, so yeah, just I mean, really, everything that happens here is Obi Wan's fault because had he force speeded through those fucking ratios, if he would have just uh, Qui Gon would be fine. But because of that, uh, Qui Gon is dead. He gets killed. Maul hits him in the head with his. Uh, I'm so upset on how he died. And then stabs him in the stomach. He looks like a bitch when he goes out. Just like you didn't expect that. Right. Because he, he, he holds it like this for a good three seconds before he hits him in the head. He's definitely not the best fighter no. in the world. You can tell he's a force user, not a yeah. fighter. But uh, Qui-Gon goes out, Obi-Wan screams no. 
Uh, so I guess we got that to look forward to in later movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I just, whatever, you gotta imagine what was going through his head was, man, if I just used my four speed two minutes ago. But, uh, <coughs> you even see, too, uh, the difference between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, because when the, they're trapped by the shields, Qui-Gon, he, he sits down, he starts to meditate. Obi-Wan, right. he turns his lightsaber on, he's getting pumped up, you know, he's, like, he's getting go. ready. Let's go. And he's, you know, he's running as fast as he can to get through those shields, but not with his force speed. Anyway. Jesus. So yeah, he dies, then Obi-Wan's stuck behind a ray shield, and they're about to have a confrontation. Yep. Let's go back to space, where Anakin is now in the fight. He's the, he took out the droids to help on the, in the yep. actual thing to help Qui-Gon and them. And then the ship just starts taking off because it's on autopilot. And R2 can't turn it off beforehand. And then R2 eventually gets it off, and Anakin's like, let's spin, that's a fun trick. You're doing tricks in the middle of a battle. Now, this is pod racing. This is a battle. Jesus you you are putting yourself in. How the people are dying. Die? How did he not die? And he he ends up accidentally landing in the ship and blowing up the control system and getting out of there. Which raises the point that, you know what? Vader may have been an awful human being, but he's no worse than Anakin. Because Anakin is a mass murderer. I mean, yeah, there were mostly droids mostly, on there. Yeah. But he killed plenty of the... Uh, the Nemoidians that were on the ship controlling it. He killed them all. <laughs> He's a murderer. An accidental murderer. It's all It's all in times of war. It's fine. It's not a war, though. The, the Republic doesn't even know these people are here. That's true. That's true. It's just... Uh, whatever. But uh, the Queen... Uh, oh, I've, so... We'll go back to the Queen because yeah, it, it queen does happen. She gets captured. They use the decoy to trick... Yep them and they capture they got captured they use the decoy to trick them and they're like we'll discuss a new treaty and they probably do off screen that's all i have for the queen storyline yep, that's pretty much it <laughs> pretty boring and there we're done with anakin's and, then and yeah anakin blows it up they all come back the battle wraps up because they're all dead so obi-wan comes at maul and they have the best sequence of the fight and uh i actually watched an interview with obi-wan about it uh obi-wan <laughs> with ewan mcgregor <laughs> who is obi-wan and he said that that footage of them fighting when uh, after uh, Qui-Gon had died, they actually had to slow down the footage because they were moving so fast that people were like, they're going to think this is CG. Oh my God. <laughs> because they were moving so fast. I want to see it sped up. And I was now. like, holy shit. You need to watch serious? it like two times speed. It's like crazy. But he said they just choreographed it for months and so they, they, they were on it. it so yeah. well. And I mean, Ray Park is a stuntman and a fighter. I mean, he right. knows what he's doing. And Ewan was very committed to it when he was playing Obi-Wan. It was cool. He got his uh, lightsaber cut in half. Molded, yeah. And then... And then he goes down to one. That's what killed him. Yeah. Right yeah, there. What well, killed him. Uh, but yeah, they, uh, he falls down the little tube. Yep. Which, for some reason, has one little bar to hang off of. Yeah. What had, like, a bar, you know, had oh, yeah, little yeah, tubes. We'll he falls down there, and then he's like, I will take my master's lightsaber. Yeah. He jumps up. And then in one foul swoop, just, no, nope. A lot of the people... Here's one point that people bring up a lot that I'll contest because not everything about this movie is stupid. They go, why didn't Maul just like turn on Obi-Wan's lightsaber and drop it on his head? And I was like, he's a Sith Lord. He revels in violence. He wants him to suffer. Right. You know, he wants, he wants a brutal death for Obi-Wan. So I understand. I understand Watching I'm not just him dropping him. Thinking he was yeah. going to fall eventually, not yeah. force jump his way up. And, and so he, anyway, Maul gets cut in half and fall down the thing. And I wrote, Darth Maul is dead? Well, for about t- ten years, he was dead. Yeah. And then Dave was. Filoni was like, no, he's not. So, uh, but Maul, for the time being, is gone from the galaxy. And, uh, yeah. 
And Obi-Wan goes over to Qui-Gon, who goes, will you train the boy? Which is weird, because Obi-Wan has been nothing but conceited and arrogant and just mean this whole movie. We, you know, we really wonder... And he's still a Padawan. We think, oh, I wonder why Anakin acts so conceited and yeah. rude. Yeah, wow. Huh. Hmm. Thinking back on seeing this and how Obi-Wan... A lot of people talk about how good Obi-Wan is in the prequels, and he is. I, I think Ewan McGregor, and people are going to hate me for this, but I think Ewan McGregor is better as the character of Obi-Wan than Alec Guinness is. He's just the Obi-Wan I prefer. Right. Because in episodes two and three, you actually see, okay, this is this it's is Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. But in the first episode, I understand he's a Padawan, but it's just, he's unsufferable sometimes for me in this movie. He just acts. He really is. <laughs> There's other times it's fine, like when he apologizes to Qui-Gon, he's like, I, I should respect your teachings and your wishes to train right. the boy. Towards the end of the movie, he's, he's fine. Right. But for the first hour and a half he's unsufferable so but yeah Qui-Gon tells him to train him and he's yep. like alright and they talk to Yoda about it we might as well leave this planet everything's happened yeah they yeah. talks to Yoda about it and Yoda's like no and he's like I'll do it anyway and Yoda's like fine yeah yeah he's like <laughs> but that's pretty no. much it he's like oh we, we request your your right to be a knight or yeah. something like that and also like, so did Obi-Wan not have to go through the trials yeah I guess not which I mean he did kill a Sith so I mean Fair play. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to contest that either. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're a knight. Don't worry. Right. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, it's real weird. You know, he gets a Padawan and passes the trials. Yeah. And is now a knight all it's on the like, same day. That's like that's like graduating high school and then like, oh, by the way, your wife's pregnant. Or your girlfriend's pregnant. I <laughs> guess you're not married in high school. Because the second he becomes a knight, it's like, you got a Padawan. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so there's that. And then we, uh, so that happens. We go to Qui-Gon's funeral. Oh. And I got a big question about Jedi funerals. Okay. That place has got to stink to high heavens. <laughs> They're burning a corpse. They're burning a corpse. And this is this is actually like one of the only times we ever see a Jedi die. I mean, we see others die, but as far as the aftermath of them yeah. dying, since Well, the thing is, the most Jedi we see die, they disappear because they exactly. become one with the Force. Plagman, we know, becomes one with the Force, but he didn't disappear. So what's up? I was expecting him to. I think it's because canonically, or chronologically, I should say, he's the first. I'm sure there's someone who had discovered it thousands of years ago, but he's kind of the first to rediscover becoming one with the Force. Right. And so I think maybe it's just his essence, not his physical form, because we never see his Force ghost. Right. We only hear it. We only hear it. So I think it's just his essence goes through it. Okay. Um, so yeah, he becomes one with the Force, which we don't learn until later on. Right. But uh, they're at his funeral, and, you know... Obi-Wan tells Anakin, I'm going to train you. And then... He's like, you will be a Jedi. My favorite part of the movie, uh, when they find when the Jedi finally admit, oh, you know, maybe the Sith are back. They talk about, always two there are, a master and apprentice, free plug. Uh, you're watching it, so I mean, or listening to it. But uh, he says that, and they're like, well, which one's destroyed the master and the apprentice? And the camera immediately pulls back to Palpatine. Which, if you're a kid, and you're watching this, and you haven't seen the originals, or you just your mind is not comprehending right. it, you know? It's like, all right, that dude's there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but rewatching it when you know everything, it's like, ooh. Uh, foreshadow. Foreshadow, you know? And then the funeral ends, and there's this big celebration on Naboo, which makes no sense. Why are you celebrating? It's not like you ended a war, you ended a blockade. Right. That became an invasion. But it's not just them that are there. Yoda's there, and Mace Windu's, oh, all, the, right. all the Jedi are there. It's like, why are you celebrating? The Republic didn't even get involved. Two Jedi did. 
Well, it's probably more like, oh, we fucked up, so we should yeah. probably go and celebrate. Boss knocks, he grabs his big paw, and he goes, peace. Oh, my God. He's just yeah. weird. It's like, why you, there shouldn't be this big of a celebration. It's like, hey, we were under siege for a couple days, and now everything's all right. Peace. Like, I get it at the end of Return of the Jedi, because this massive war is ending. The Empire's right. being toppled. Right. But in this movie, it's like... It's just the Trade Federation. We stopped, another... we stopped the trade people. Yeah. <laughs> Ah! I mean, I guess it's more to celebrate. Screw the fact, trade. I guess it's more to celebrate the fact that the Gungans and the Nebu have united, right, right, as a people. But uh, it's still just weird and feels like a weird way to end, end the, the movie. movie. Yeah. And then we don't. I mean, we get another movie just a couple years later. But chronologically, Attack of the Clones doesn't take place until like ten years later. Yeah. So we're we're like, what is happening? Yeah, I like I said, I don't know why you start here other than the fact it introduces you to Anakin. I would have preferred they started with Anakin. Already training. And just been like, yeah, he's here. Yeah, if we already had a Padawan Anakin. I feel like it would have been better, you know? So, but I mean, for all the things I dislike about this movie, which are a lot, I do still like the movie. Yeah. I still like it. Um, you know, chronologically, it's the first one. It's, I love Qui-Gon. Oh, yes. I like Obi-Wan the last 20 minutes of the movie. Uh, the fight is great. The pod race is great. Um... The politics, you could ease up on a little bit. Because I like my politics. I like Game of Thrones, you sure, know? Sure, sure, sure. But they just, they make it so boring. Yeah, they could ease up on it a little bit. Uh, I don't really like the Jedi in this, but it's cool to see... It's cool to see the galaxy with an abundance of Jedi. Right. And not just... Like, Which we'll see a lot more in the next movie. Holy right. crap. Because this was the first time... You know, this is the first movie to come out since the original trilogy. So you were like, oh, it's the original trilogy. And you're like, oh, you like these fucking Jedi. And I just, I, I, I can't imagine had, having grown up with the original trilogy and then going back and watching this and being like, what is this? You know what right. I mean? Because I know a lot of people are disappointed. One thing I will I will say is that a lot of people have come around on the prequels in recent years. Right. Because the kids that grew up with them, i.e. me, are adults now. Right. You know? And then even the people who were, like, mad when it came out, they've had some time away from it to grow up a little bit. And, okay. Now they're all coming together. Now there are still people that hate for it. The pre- for the sequels. Yeah. There are still people that hate it, and I'm not going to trash your opinion. Your opinion is your opinion, but... No, absolutely. I don't hate the prequels, and I'm glad that they're getting more of their due in recent years. Because, I mean, when Disney first bought Star Wars, they wouldn't touch the prequels. Yeah, they, they just ignored them. Now we're getting we're getting Clone Wars back, we're getting more cameos, we're getting books about it, you know? So it's, it's good absolutely. that the prequels are being more accepted now. I'm happy. Yeah. All right, so, uh, any more thoughts on The Phantom Menace... And uh, what's your overall uh, opinion on the movie? Well, my overall opinion is I would watch it again, maybe not anytime soon. Um, it's definitely one that I don't have to, I don't have to rewatch. Yeah, no, you can skip it's, it. It's definitely something. If I'm having another marathon, I'll be excited to watch and sit down. Yeah, know? or and I would be very excited to show my kid one day. Yeah, one day. Yeah. So uh, for me, it's it's a movie that does a good job of explaining who characters are and giving an intro into what the world is like this early before the empire and there's a lot of cool stuff in it overall there's a lot of mismanaged things but i still enjoy it to an extent and it's definitely not the one where you're like hey you can watch three star wars movies one from each trilogy it's not the one i'm gonna be like Oh my god, The Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. Even if you said you could watch two from the prequel trilogy, it's not like I'd be like, oh my god, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> right, right. It, I mean, but, uh, you know, 
if I'm doing my marathon, I watch it. You know, one day I'll show it to my kids if I ever have any. Absolutely. But it's not the best. It's, it is not it's, the best Star Wars movie, and that's okay. That's fine. I mean, it's we got first, more. You know, got it more. was the first of the prequels, um, and they learned a lot from it. Yeah, Lucas did. He actually, he, I mean, there's a lot of things that people didn't like that he, he did away with. So, yeah, so that's uh, that's it. That's our coverage of The Phantom Menace. And that means that next week we're talking about Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. What a good movie. A lot of people, now a lot of people say they hate Attack of the Clones more than The Phantom Menace. No. Because of the love story. No, see, I gloss over that. <laughs> I just, I get to see so did they many not, cool Did things. they not see the Legion of Jedi at the end? All right, we don't want to get into yeah, that yeah, discussion. Yeah. All right. But uh, yeah, so next week, Attack of the Clones. Uh, thank you all for watching Master and Apprentice. I am Dan. And I am Jake. And we'll see you next week.